everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Pure Hustle Podcast. Yes, thank you so much. We do have a request though before we get started. If you have found our content to be entertaining or helpful, would you consider leaving us a review on iTunes? Those five-star reviews really help to make sure that our content gets out there and that our show continues to grow. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Pure Hustle Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando on Warren, episode 337. Yeah. Garage sale, best practices, part two. Yeah. And, uh, and if you caught our recent theme episode, we've had two update episodes. Uh, but before that, we had one about garage sale, best practices one, where we talked about how to prepare, what to do when you're out on the road and so on. And we actually had a mini sode about, you know, the best questions to ask. And so we don't want to, you know, do all that all over again. We will have a little bit of that here and there. Uh, but, you know, I was looking at, we had a couple episodes in the early days, like episode 60 something. I don't remember what it was. And we talked about some of this and I wanted to compare, like I, I wrote the notes for this show and I compared them to the notes from that show. And we have changed a lot. I believe it. You know? And so whenever you catch this content, if you've been listening to us for a long while and you're like, oh, they're talking about the same thing again, we may be, but it's nuanced. It's with new information. And, you know, obviously you get better at your craft. So uh, stay tuned. I think this is going to be a, a great uh, episode. Yeah. All right. Now, I wanted to start off with uh, why you should negotiate. Yeah. And this is actually really important because a lot of the feedback that we get um, from some people that's negative is that we negotiate too hard or negotiations are wrong or, you know, things like that. And, and there's a lot involved in it. But the reason is you've got to negotiate. And in fact, a lot of people really enjoy it. Even the sellers at, you know, swap meets and, and garage sales and stuff that that's part of the game. And there is a a point where people can be cruel. There's a point where people are unwise with their negotiation. There's a point where people are actually just trying to scam and rip people off. And so we don't, we don't advocate for any of that. Uh, we're advocating for ethical negotiations where, you know, you're, you're, you're going to give them a deal that ultimately they're going to be happy with, or they wouldn't sell it and is going to actually be something where you can make and be successful with that item and purchase as the reseller. Mm -hmm. Agreed. So, the reason I say you should negotiate, because it's it's the number one rule in reselling, right? You got to keep costs low, right? Especially now, right? If sales are slow for you, you're going to have to get those higher margin sales, right? You're going to have to have an average sale price that, you know, when it comes down to the net, your cost of goods is super low, right? And again, at garage sales, like Mike said, you have to come with the understanding that people know it's a garage sale. And if sometimes, you know, you may go, ah, I don't know if if I want to negotiate because it's already pretty cheap. Do it still. Why? Because they're trying to offload stuff, right? Sometimes you will get people that are wanting top dollar. And we'll talk about that at the end of the podcast. By the way, you should tune in all the way through because at the end, we have a lot of good stuff at the end, especially if you're new to garage sales. But Again, the best way to ensure that you stay profitable is keeping your costs low. And garage sales is are one of those places. Actually, it's funny because somebody on the Discord had said, I went to my first garage sale and it's so much fun and the costs were so low. Yep. And it's like, yes, that's why this is why we always encourage if you're new and you don't have a lot of capital, go to garage sales because you can negotiate your way into even a better deal. Yeah. And, and you got to have that understanding, too, that 
there may be some people who they like, this is my price. I'm not negotiating. And then you know that with the conversation, then you have to make that decision. Okay. Am I going to still buy this item? Is it profitable for me? Uh, but my, some of my mistakes that I made very early on in reselling is somebody would give me a price and I knew, Hey, I could be profitable with that price. How much you want for this set of books? Um, and they'd say 20 bucks mm -hmm. and then I would take it and they'd be like, Oh, perfect. And then now that I've been reselling for a long time and I've had a lot of experience doing things like that, I know that a lot of people, they're putting it higher than they actually want. They might only want $10 for those. So they'll say 20 expecting you to negotiate. And if you don't, you just take that first offer. Yeah, they're making a little bit more right off the bat, but you're losing money in the long run. And so the reality is they might have that number 10 in their head. And if you're not doing any negotiations, you're paying more than you really need to and what they really want for it. And obviously that's, you know, the dream as a seller if nobody negotiates. But I I did as a as a as the seller at a garage sale. I've done a, a couple of garage sales and I've never been offended. If I've tried to sell, I, I sold a, a inflatable kayak and the person was like, they negotiated really hard on it. And to the point where it was like, I told him maybe come back later. If it's still here, I'll sell it to you for that price. Oh, what's the difference between now and later? Like, what if I can't make it back later? If you're They're willing good. to let it, <laughs> if you're willing to let it go for this price, like a couple hours from now, why not just let it go now where you can be done with it. And cause it's true. Like if I, if I will let it go for 80 bucks at some point, yeah, why not? I could sit here all day and hope to get the 120 out of it, but fine, I'll do it. And, and I was not offended that he was negotiating hard. Uh, so he, you've got to keep your prices low. And the next thing is it allows you to buy more. When it comes down to it, yeah, you might say, hey, that was kind of messed up to negotiate. You know, you could, you were going to sell that for 60 bucks. They offered it to you for 20 and you tried to get it for 10. Well, the reality is, if you can get it for 10, then that allows you to buy something else from them for $10 and then allows you to buy it. So that same $20, instead of having one item, you now have two, which as a reseller is going to allow you to have more inventory. It's going to have, and, and we know with eBay, the more items you're listing, the more things potentially in your, in your store that people are going to be looking for, the more sales you're going to have. And so being able to purchase more items, I mean, imagine like every time, sometimes I think about when I go to a garage sale and I buy something and then I get something thrown in. So my thought is, okay, 20 bucks for this item. If I can basically get this other item in this price for 20 bucks, I get two items. It's like buy one, get one free mm -hmm. on, on stuff or buy one. And then this is thrown in and that helps you to think about, okay, well, when I sell that, I was originally going to buy that for 20. I pretty much got that for free because I've got it in the bundle that that helps you to make even deals when you're selling. If someone gives you an offer and you could take a little bit less. So you want to be able to have more inventory and negotiating lower price is going to allow you to do that. Yeah. And just remember not only at that garage sale, but you know, let's say go with your scenario, right? something was 20, you got it for 10, you have that $10, that $10. Now you can use that different garage sales. And let's say you get 10 different items at a dollar a piece. And one of those items ends up being a grill item or ends up being a home run. And then you have a hundred dollar sale, right? From that $10 that you saved that use a dollar somewhere else and allows you to make a lot more money. So definitely want to make sure that you're negotiating at garage sales. And it also allows you to take risks. Right. That's that's one thing I, I've learned that has helped me a lot is that, you know, I'll go and, and I'll bargain hard and I'll, I'll negotiate. And, you know, not everybody really has looked at all, all through their inventory when they do a garage sale. Right. Sometimes they think something has worked out fine. Like electronics, this happens all the time. I will not pay a lot for electronics. And sometimes people will say, well, Orlando, you're going to make so much money just paying twenty dollars for that. But maybe maybe. And this happened actually to me this last weekend. Uh, I went and bought a Bose uh, Wave music system with the CD changer. And it resells for $400. Uh, 
And uh, they had it for $100 at the state sale. And then they asked me how much are you willing to pay? And <laughs> I always love when I get that question because I will go pretty low. But you can't go too low where they're just like, never mind. They shut off. Yeah. Yeah. So I said 30 bucks, which I thought was crazy low. And they said, uh, no, somebody already offered me that. And I was like, okay. Uh, how, uh, well, how about we land at 40? And they're like, nope. And she's like, I, I got to do 60. And I was like, I can't do 50. I, I can do f- I, I can't do 60. I got to be at 50. And she's like, well, pick up a few more things and then let's see what happens. So I picked up a few other items and I said, all right, now can we do 60? She's like, okay. So I thought I was going to turn that sale, which I, I got my 50 because the other items cost $10, right? And I'm going to make profit on those. But I got it for 50. I was expecting to make $400. Well, I went home. After I already tested everything at the state sale, everything worked perfectly. I went home. The CD changer was stuck. And if you can follow us on Instagram, I did a whole story on this. Uh, the CD changer was stuck. I couldn't put a CD in, in the second slot. And so my resale value went from 400 bucks and down to about $250, which is still great. Right. But what if the wave music system didn't work either, which is the, the stereo itself with the radio and everything. And so luckily I bought it low enough that I wasn't really bothered. I sold the CD changer still for $50 plus shipping. And then I sold the wave music system uh, for $150 plus shipping. And I still had a CD that goes for $50. That's a Bose like update CD. And so I still ended up profitable. So I took that risk, thought everything was fine. But what if... I didn't negotiate and I paid that hundred dollars. Yeah. If you're paying top dollar for an item and then it doesn't work out and it, and it can be a lot of things too. Like you, you can look something really electronics is a good example because you take it home and you test and it doesn't work. But a lot of things you can look at and think, Oh, this is great. Um, one example is I bought um, a Pennywise clown from a swap me. I've talked about it on this. the past podcast and I looked it over at the swap me and it looked pretty good. And I negotiated and I was able to get them down some. And then once I got it home and I really looked at it, like once I lifted like the pant leg on, on the bottom of one, I saw the shoes, like a porcelain shoe had like a big crack and chip in it. Mm. And I'm like, Oh my goodness. Like this is, this is now not like a brand, like it, it's, it's messed up. And so had I not negotiated like an extra $25 off of that thing, man, I could have been, I could have been hurting. I could have lost quite a bit of money on that as it was. I made some money, but not as much as I could have. So it can happen on a lot of things and you're able to take more risks, especially with bigger items. Even if it's like a, a risk of like a niche, you don't know. Hey, really? I don't know a lot about like these random lithograph pictures you have or these spoons or whatever it is. I don't, I don't have to do a lot of research. Maybe they're valuable. Maybe they're not. And if you can get it at a, 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 a discounted price, you negotiate down and you can even use your ignorance as a as a reason to negotiate down. You can say like, I really, I just don't know. And unless they're an expert, and if they're an expert and they know what it's all worth, they're not going to be selling it at a discounted price anyway. So, um, it, it allows you to take those risks on on things you don't know. So it it is negotiating is is crucial. And if you're like listening to this and you're like, Rolando, Mike, how do we do it though? Well, you can just type in PRS podcast negotiation or garage sales, and you're going to find a ton of them. So many, episodes. Um, but also we have behind us. Uh, Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. We did a whole book review. It's probably like three or four uh, episodes we did on those. Um, and it, we talked about negotiating just in general, but we applied a lot of it to reselling. Uh, so definitely check those out because you're going to want to be able to keep your price, uh, your cost low so you can buy more and then take those risks. All right, now, before we move on to the next one, we're going to talk about being aware of your surroundings. 
Uh, if you're picking up stuff at garage sales and you're not keeping track of how much you're paying for stuff and, and you're, you're basically not knowing your numbers, uh, there's a great tool out there that'll help you. Uh, Mike and I have talked about this for the last month. Uh, My Reseller Genie is great. Even if you do garage sales, you go to thrift stores, you do retail arbitrage, uh, you're able to keep tracking your inventory, how much you paid for it. Then you can track how much it's sold for and you can get a really nice uh, profit loss detail at the end of each month. It's very much reseller friendly. It's made by resellers. So if you haven't uh, signed up for My Reseller Genie, I encourage you to do so. Uh, you get a free 15% off by using our link for the first month uh, by using our promo code Pure Hustle, all in caps. So check out My Reseller Genie. Go to the link below uh, and use our code Pure Hustle, all in caps. Get that free 15, not that free, get that 15% off the first month. All right. So this one I, we haven't talked about before. And I want to hear the thoughts. I, I think we've talked about some of these concepts, Concept, sure. but not like, like directly talked about it. So I think it's very important when you go to garage sales uh, and you're, you're trying to negotiate that you're aware of your surroundings. Sometimes negotiating in a certain, at a certain time in that garage sale isn't the best. Sometimes the certain person you're talking to probably isn't the best person to negotiate with. So let's talk about some of that. So first of all, <laughs> this is one that may be controversial, but I've had some incredible deals by negotiating before the garage. So what do I mean by that? So you find somebody on Facebook marketplace, you find somebody on Craigslist or offer up whatever, and they're having a garage sale and they have pictures. They have a lot of great items. And you, you know, you get, a, you want to get up early. You want to be the first person there, but sometimes you can contact them the night before. Mm. Right. I'm not saying like at 10 p.m., but let's say you look at the ad and you look at it, you know, early evening in the afternoon. I've done this before where I've reached out to people and said, hey, let me save you the trouble tomorrow. Uh, I, I'm pretty interested in, in a lot of your inventory. Maybe I'll buy out all your inventory. But are you open to me stopping by tonight? And, you know, maybe we can negotiate a deal. And what ends up happening is I've gotten actually, I, I think, better deals than a garage sale because they don't have to worry that much, right? They already make the profit before they even started. Uh, sometimes I've bought out their stuff and they're like, you know what? I don't think I'm even going to do this garage sale. And they shut down a garage sale. And so I encourage you to do that, especially if it's your niche, like you know what's on there and you know how profitable it is. I encourage you to reach out to those people. doesn't mean they're always going to answer you or they're going to get back to you. But I've had some times, I'll never forget, I bought a whole bunch of trains uh, the night before I saw the pictures, I knew what they were. I knew how profitable they were. And I think I, I got items at like $2 a piece, which I was able to sell for like 50 to a hundred bucks. And it's just, and I saved them the trouble. They did, they shut down actually their garage. So the next morning nice. and it didn't even happen. So uh, yeah, that's one way of negotiating, but I just wanted to bring that one up. Yeah, no, that's good. Um, Next one is, is got actually a lot of elements to this and that's, you want to negotiate with the right person. Now, We've had some fun stories on the podcast in the past of, you know, when you're, if you get to the the dream garage sale where it's like an ex-wife who's like selling her ex-husband stuff, you know, the, the wife is selling all of her ex-husband stuff and she's just trying to get rid of it and she doesn't care what it sells for. Or you hear a phrase like, oh yeah, my, my boyfriend is, uh, he went to go get donuts and uh, I hate this thing. And I want like, when you hear things like that, there's little triggers that you hear that like, okay, like this is, I, I can make a deal here. Um, and so that that could be very beneficial is to make sure like you're in the right situation. Now, 
sometimes when you're at the garage sale, you can kind of pay attention. Maybe there's two or three sellers uh, walking around. Maybe it's a husband and wife and a kid or something like that. And they're kind of, they're, they're each doing things. If while you're looking at stuff, you should always be paying attention. And maybe you hear that like the husband is just, he's letting things go for pennies on the dollar and the wife is being a little bit more stingy or vice versa. And so pay attention to who you want to ask the question to. Uh, and when you hear things, because one of the worst things you can hear is, oh, you know what? That's my son's. I don't really know a lot about that. Um, he told me I could sell it out here. Um, let me call him or he'll be here in like a half hour and we can ask the price then. When you hear something like that, a lot of times you just want to move quickly and, and and we're not really big on giving the first number, but if you're waiting for them to give you a number and you're stuck on, well, I mean, should we call uh, Johnny and oh, see what, when you hear happens. something, that's when, that's when it's like, okay, I'm just going to give a number because otherwise this could go wrong, right? They're willing to negotiate. And then you say, I don't know. I, I did this with a, a, I got a Game Boy and like a PSP and something. And it was a, that kind of a situation. And it was, well, okay, let me make an offer then. And so then I made the offer. How about 20 bucks for all of this? And I hate doing that, you know, when it's like they might have let it go for less. Um, and sure enough, it worked out. And then who knows? Maybe, maybe the son would have said, I don't care, give it away for free. Or maybe it would have been like, oh yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I paid a lot for that when I first got it. So, and they don't know what things are worth now. So, you want to make sure you're talking to the right person at a garage sale or, or even at a, an estate sale, you can usually pay attention, even thrift stores. You know, it's like you hear the one employee and they're grumbly and they're always upset and they're angry. And then there's the one manager who's always cheerful and upbeat. And so when you talk to somebody, talk to the right person, uh, because that's going to make all the difference. Yeah. Agreed. And understand that, you know, you may go to a garage sale and there's like multiple people that are selling, right? It's, it's like everybody put all their stuff together. Yep. Multiple and, families at one. Yeah. And maybe there's, you know, there's that one individual that is willing to willing deal. And then there's the other person that's not. And that's happened to me before. Uh, make sure you notice. Make sure you notice who that person is. Uh, you know, <laughs> and the other scenario is I'll never forget this one garage sale where the guy was really holding on to everything. But as soon as the wife showed up, she's like, get rid of it, like yeah. sell it for this price. And so I knew she was go to, she was going to lay the pressure. And so I just started picking up items and I knew. And then you're asking her the price then. I'm asking her the price and she ran the show and sure enough, I was able to get a good deal. So make sure you're wearing surrounding. And this one uh, I've been really careful about lately. So make sure that you negotiate in a way that doesn't put undue pressure on the seller. And what does that mean? So sometimes I'll be in an estate sale and at this estate sale, there's a lot of resellers. And what I find is uh, people at estate sales, if you're like with them and there's nobody else around, they're more willing to negotiate. But if they have like an audience, right, there's a line or there's a bunch of other people like they're they're not going to go like, sure, I'll give you 50 percent off or then they're almost promising that to everybody else. Correct. And so I've had it before where I've been at a garage sale and I had a bunch of items and we were working on a price. And we were still not there. And then a, a couple other resellers are within ears distance and I'll stop the negotiation. I'm like, you know what? Hey, you know, I want to look a little bit more and I'll look around and I'll just keep looking. And obviously you got to be careful of your timing and stuff. Check out our last garage sale episode to talk about timing. Uh, but I'll wait for those resellers to be done and leave or to be maybe on the other side. And then I'll come back and I'll go, all right, I picked these other couple items. Are we still good? Can we work a little bit more? And then I'll negotiate some more because yes, I don't want to put them in a place where they feel that if they give me that bargain, they're going to have to give it to everybody else. Yeah. Or, or even 
even if they're being asked or hounded by a lot of people at the same time, it's kind of the same situation, but it's not that you're the one instigating, but you don't want to overwhelm them. I remember I did a, Agreed. I was a swap, mel, a swap meet, um, a vendor. I sold out a swap meet. And when I first pulled up, I got, I got surrounded. There was probably like 12, 12 people that like just came up to me like, how about this? How much do you have any, do you have any games? Do you have any? And they're digging through and people are throwing prices out to me. And I'm trying to think of a price here and somebody else is throwing a price out to me. And I, at that point I knew I was going to start making bad deals. And so I kind of had to like shut down and then like, okay, like no, this price and, and it's almost overwhelming. And then I don't want to deal with anybody, you know? So if you see somebody being overwhelmed now, half hour later, I absolutely would have sat and talked to somebody for five minutes negotiating a price on an item mm -hmm. because I'm not being overwhelmed by a bunch of other people. So yeah, timing is really important with that as well. Yeah. And you want to establish that, that, that I would say that temporary friendship, if you can, mm -hmm. in the sense that, you know, what I find is when I straight, same example, like I've been at garage. So where I'm talking to somebody and then these really rude resellers like, Hey, how about this? And they just cut in front of me. And they're like, hey, over here, how about this? And how about this? And and so I'll tell the person, I'm like, hey, listen, it seems like, you know, you got a lot of people. Uh, I, I No problem. I'll just wait on the side, you know, take care of this and then come back. And sometimes that's worth them. And they're like, hey, thanks so much for waiting. Sorry to make you wait. You know what? I'll give it to you for this. And you end up getting that better deal. So you got to definitely read the room and figure out the best, you know, circumstance to start that negotiation. It's good stuff. All right. Hey, uh, before we move on, uh, one of the things that we love uh, and talking about on the discord uh, is, you know, garage sales and how people are, are saying, hey, I scored this. I found this. I found this to really help. And if you haven't been on a discord, I'd strongly encourage you uh, to sign up for our Patreon uh, to support the podcast. And one of the benefits is the discord. Uh, the the Patreon, uh, you know, the 555 a month helps us to continue providing free content. Uh, for example, you know, we got to get equipment sometimes times and and you know mike's moving and i'm gonna have to get a separate soundboard so we have the you know our quality uh, podcast happening so uh the money that we get from that patreon is gonna allow us to get better equipment allow the the podcast even though we're gonna be in two locations to still have that quality yeah. sound that you're used Lawless. to on pierce the podcast so uh if you haven't yet help us out uh we go to patreon.com slash pierce the podcast sign up for that 555 a month or go to the link below and you can do the same and as always you can find us on all social media we're pierce the podcast we are pierce the cast on twitter Twitter. If you want to give us a call and share your uh, hustle of the week, we're going about we're about to share some of these. Uh, do so 619-738-1170. That's 619-738-1170. You can always shoot us an email, pierce the podcast at gmail.com. That's pierce the podcast at gmail.com. And if you haven't yet, you're listening to the podcast and you haven't gone over on YouTube, strongly encourage you to go over on YouTube just to hit that subscribe button. Uh, make sure to smash that like button and hit that bell notification. Uh, you know, Mike and I have talked about maybe, you know, in the future, we need to start doing garage sale videos again. Uh, our life got super busy, so it's it's kind of tough. And uh, I go back and forth. I wonder if it hurts negotiation if you have like your camera. Video there I, I've, I've heard somebody say, be careful to get the camera. Really? I have. I've heard it. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. It was, and it was a, uh, like negotiation situation where like the grandpa or something was like, yeah, watch that guy. Be careful to get the oh, camera. When you're right. And I knew my prices were going to be bad there. See, that's why I, now, I don't No, but See, that's the thing though. So it's happened to me like one time and maybe there've been other instances, but I've had a, a lot of times actually opens up a, a good, cool dialogue. People are like, Oh, what you, are you recording this? I say, yeah, I, I like to record my garage sales. I, I like to kind of like treasure hunt, find cool things. And 
you know, record. It's, it's a lot of fun. And they're like, oh, that's so neat. And like, yeah, even like hikes and stuff I'll record. And it ends up creating that like conversation starter. And uh, I don't think I've had it hurt me too many times. Okay. All right. Well, we always say it's great to share your reseller, which I agree. I don't know if it's great to share that you're on YouTube. Yeah. I mean, I don't tell them that I'm like, hey, I'm recording you or I'm recording this and it's going to be a YouTube video. I just say I like to document. Or I like to record my, uh, my my treasure hunting experiences and see if I ever find <laughs> something cool. Know. And then I tell them to I'll be like, yeah, because one of these days I'm going to come across like I'm going to come across a painting worth a million dollars. I'm going to want it on video. And they laugh and then we both laugh together yeah, and then we're good. best friends. There you go. And you negotiate. Okay. Hey, and if you haven't yet, go on over to iTunes. Uh, you know, always helps us out with those five star reviews. We're almost at 700 reviews. We are the most reviewed podcast, most listened to reselling podcast. So appreciate that. Just want to share a couple of the reviews here because uh, I always appreciate these. So uh, this comes from uh, Jenny Muses said most informative reselling podcast. These guys are so real and so helpful for me as a newer reseller. Less than a year. I've listened to every podcast I can wow. find about my business. And this is by far my favorite nice oh thank you i mean that, that says a lot because other podcasts do yeah. all right this comes from uh garrett cars the greatest reselling podcast yes <laughs> said i've been uh, binge listening to these episodes for the last few uh morgans right months months <laughs> And I'm so thankful uh, for the episode that has made me a better reseller and I've had a ton of tools and bolos. I've tried other podcasts, but this one is by far the best. Also wanted to solve the great debate about prime rib versus ribeye steaks. As I grew up on a large cattle ranch. Oh man, this is going to be real. Prime rib has a greater amount of marbling, which is the fat in the middle of the steak, mm. making the taste better and more tender than ribeyes. They are actually the same cut of steak, but prime ribs taste better. If you don't know what I'm talking about, keep listening to this podcast. Yeah. See, not you know we, we need good ranchers to like sponsor us. That's right. <laughs> so if you want to, if you want to get your your uh, locally sourced meat directly from. A rancher. We're now sponsored by uh, Open Spot here. So if you if you have that business, let us know. There you go. All right, and one more. This comes from a uh, Crypt Comics. Uh, listen and learn. I have been reselling my whole life and passed down through generations of yard sales, flea market flippers, eBayers, auction pirates, etc. Auction pirates. I like that. That's a good one. These guys are great and easy to listen to and follow. They have taught me some updated techniques that have increased my sales for sure. Keep it up, guys, and thanks for pushing us to hustle. And so really appreciate that. I do. I do enjoy the fact that we now have meat information like that's really helpful. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, Crypt Comics, who has, you know, a ton of people uh, that they've known reselling, they've been reselling for generations and they still listen to the podcast really encourages us. Yeah. So thank you. From the new to the experience. So if you have covered any, all. if you have yeah, jump on over to iTunes and drop us a five star a review. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about some. Uh, Hustle of the week. Come on, hustlers. It's the freaking hustle of the week. Yeah, hustle of the week. All right. So the first one comes from I don't know how to pronounce this. I'm gonna try. Well, let me let me give you their names because they just you just let me this is from Matt and Christy. Okay. Matt and Christy Dendecor. Dendecor Depot. Dendecor. Do you know how I know that's what it is? Uh, let me just read Is the, that a just, brand? Dendecor? No, let me I like their description. Hey, let me read the description right, right quick on Instagram. I love it now that, oh, here you go. So Dan Decor says, pre-owned purveyors of various decor and collectible items that lean masculine. Ah, Din. I got it. Okay, so go, the Din. Okay, Decor. I get it now. Deep. Okay, got it. It's like a, a license plates. Sometimes Instagram handles are like license plates where you're there like, you it yeah. either says this or this. Okay. 
Um, so I had a bulk buy uh, locally of 12 various railroad lanterns for $200. Uh, one of the lanterns was thrown in at the last second. Paid about $15.38 per lantern once you consider the total cost. Listed on eBay and sold one antique Dietz Sport Skaters lantern lamp dated February 10th, 1914 for $459.99 plus shipping. I feel like I feel like when I give a price like that, like I almost need to do it in a price is right voice. Like, come on down. Like that's a good, that's $459.99 for a lamp that you paid $15 for. That is killer. That is killer. It'd be cool to like have like an old 1914 uh, railroad lamp. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's just a cool niche too. Like some items you're like, yeah, I sold this, you know, whatever. It's, it's nothing super special. I sold the baseball glove or I sold right. the brain spooner shirt. But when it's like a collectible, super cool antique item, yeah. man, what a story. That's awesome. Yeah, I agree. Good job, Din Decor. And now I get it because it's a, <clears throat> that would definitely be some decor in like a, in like a man cave or something. Yeah, there I like you go. It. All right. So this is from uh, Kelo from the Discord. Uh, I think this is their second hustle of the week. I went to a yard sale kind of late to buy a backwards compatible PS3. What what does that mean? Uh, that means it can play uh, PS2, PS1. Oh, okay. I knew that. Okay. Uh, but a local reseller got to it first. That's the worst. When you show up and it's gone. Mm-hmm. Instead, found a PS2 console lot with 14 other games for $65. The other reseller missed one of the games. Listed on eBay and sold the PlayStation 2 Futurama complete game with case, manual, and registration card for $299.99. Nice. Something about Futurama. Yeah, it's it, got a cult following. It does. Like, it, it does. Sealed DVDs sell for good money, too, the right ones. Like, I'm talking about in hundreds. So, the fact that this was a PS2 game that was used but was complete, nice score, Kilova. That That's pretty awesome. That's super awesome. All right, our next one comes from Keola, uh, who's somebody from our Discord. One of our authority people. Yeah, knows a lot for sure. Uh, had a local deal and bought a ton of golf equipment. Uh, so one thing that's really cool about this guy too is he actually started like restoring golf clubs. Like mm-hmm. like that's like an extra hobby he's taken on. So like just seeing like his experience and things he's done with that and like how he's found another way to hustle and enjoy doing it and make money. So he picked up close to 300 mixed pieces for $350 was working through them and listing. One of them, he sold a Cobra Aerojet LS 9.0 or 9 degree driver club head for, um, and it was just the head only, just the head. Just the head. For $385 plus shipping and it went international. Those are the best sales. Put it in a box, send it off and it's good to go. Love it. it. It's just, it's just wild. And he's, I think he's, in, not in our area, but in, you know, within 500 square miles of our area. Yeah. Nice. Nice. So it's crazy because there's so much out there. I always want to say that, but yeah, Keola, I, I appreciate you, man. You always drop a lot of knowledge in the discord and I've learned a lot from him. So, um, yeah, definitely uh, appreciate you sharing your hustle of the week. Yeah. Watching him, uh, watching some of the, the, the re- restores he's done of like an old putter. And then he's like, you know, use the metal grinders and polishers and polish it up and it looks super sharp. I'm like, man, I feel like I need a new hobby and it might be that. I don't even know anything about golf, but like restoring. It things. must be satisfying. You ever watch yeah. those satisfying videos? That's right? what it is. Like, I mean, yeah. you take something that's just like, it looks all rusty and junky. And then by the time you're done with it, it looks like probably better than it looked new. Yeah. yeah. How cool. Um, all right. Uh, my bolo is hustle of the week. Yeah. That's what I meant. Hustle. So my hustle of the week is a, uh, I think this one's pretty sweet. It, kind of a cool story. So I was at home and I was, 
new podcast was coming up, you know, in a couple of days. And this was like last week. So I was like, I need some stories. I'm going to go to a thrift store. And I told my wife, I, I laughed. She's like, we don't really need any more inventory right now. We're trying to get rid of inventory. And I said, I know, but I can go to the thrift store and look around and I just want to see their prices. I said, most likely the story I'm going to get out of this is that thrift store prices are still way too high. Right. And she's like, yeah, she goes, don't buy anything. I said, I'm not going to buy anything unless it's like a $50 profit or something. I'm just going to look real quick. So I go in, I'm looking around. Sure enough, I walked the whole store, didn't see anything, looked at my normal stuff. And I'm like, well, that's going to be my stories. Thrift stores still suck in this area. And <laughs> then I'm like, you know, I'm just going to quickly glance at the books. I haven't looked at books in a long time. And I saw like a whole row of like textbooks. And so I'm looking through them and they're like college level textbooks. They're all different. They're not like one textbook, but it's multiple textbooks. And they were like computer science stuff and then also like language development books. Like, so there was like probably six or seven of each of these. So I'm assuming somebody went to college. Those were their, their major and minor or whatever it was. And they just donated all their books. Okay. So I'm scanning them and I probably scanned more than half of them. And they're all like sells for $6 on eBay, sells for $8 on eBay. I'm like, it's just not worth it. Even if the books are only a dollar here, $2 here. And then I scanned one and I see that, it, the, the USP didn't come up. I'm like, that's weird. Like, wonder why the USP. I flip it over and I see that it is the instructor review copy of a book. So if you don't know, uh, in the teaching field, a lot of times before new curriculum is adopted, the publishing houses will send to oh, like yeah. a school. Like, here's here are the textbooks that you would potentially have in your classroom. And so it's a lot of times they'll have like a special marking on it saying like, you know, instructor review edition or a copy. And it's the actual textbook, but it's just different binding or different cover print on the top. Um, and so I looked up the, the the textbook, not the teacher review one, and they're going for like $70. Hmm. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to be able to pick this up for a dollar 80 with my discount. Cause it was at the Goodwill the place. that shall not be named the store. that shall not be named. Yes. And so I got it for a dollar 80 when it was all said and done. And I'm like, even if I have to knock down a little bit of the price, cause it's instructor review edition. Cause there is a lot of sold there. They're, they're like in the last, you know, probably a couple of weeks, there's been like eight of them that have sold. So like, it's yeah. obviously an in-demand book. I'm like, even if I have to sell this for $60 or $50 because it's instructor review, um, which if anybody knows, they it's the same book. It's the exact same book. It's not going to hurt them at all. But um, it even says second edition, like within the print of the the binding is the picture of the what the actual binding looks like. So I ended up buying it. I walked in the house and my wife was like, you said you weren't going to buy anything. And I said, nice. I said, I wouldn't buy it if it wasn't a $50 profit and I'm going to make $50 on this book. So yeah, that's a uh, textbook. Go. Textbook is the hustle of the week. Um, you know, you never know, you, you know, different textbooks can be, can be profitable. Check them out. Yeah. And, and obviously be aware, like Amazon has gated a lot of companies, but you can still sell them on eBay. eBay. So, all right. So mine was interesting and I, I posted this on Instagram a few days ago. Uh, but I really, it was one of those things where you always love it when you go to the thrift, uh, which I don't do very often. Uh, but when you go and you, you drop like, you know, two to $300 and then you find that one item that's going to pay for everything. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what happened. And, and this item, I'm not sure why everybody missed it. Now, Lennox, L-E-N-O-X, most of their stuff isn't worth very much, but there are some collector items that people want. And so I saw this box and it said it had a $30 price tag. And I'm like, oh, like that's a lot. But I mean, maybe they looked it up and they thought it was valuable. So I look it up and sure enough, I looked it up. It was uh, Lennox, uh, like this series, and I'll talk about it in a moment. 
um, of collectible. Like, you know, it's kind of like every like Christmas, like Department 56, they have like their the village. Yeah, the village have like the different ones. And so I looked it up and I saw that five of them had sold and there were two listed that were brand new. And I was like, all right, sell through rates. Great. Uh, but there's not a lot of them. And so I saw that the l- recent one sold for about $300 and that the ones that were listed right now were listed at $399 and they're new. So I'm like, all right, if I pay the, buy this for 30, I can probably sell this for close to $300 because, you know, people are going to save a hundred bucks and they're going to get the same item. Mm. It may not be new, but it's the same item and it's in the same condition. So I picked it up and I let it sit in my death pile for like two weeks. I don't know why I didn't list it. I just was like, yeah, I just didn't list it. So I listed it and sure enough, I listed it high too. I listed it $399.99 with a 30% off sale and then a coupon. Here's what you got to be careful with comps on eBay. If somebody buys something for a certain price and they use the coupon, it doesn't tell you the coupon price. It tells you, what it sold before the coupon. So you got to be careful with comps because my comp, uh, if you were to look this up, says that I sold it for $280. I actually sold it for $230 with a 20% off coupon. Does it have the green slash if it was bought with a, cause I know they do the green slash through if it was like an offer. Does they do that with, no. if it was a coupon? No. Oh, interesting. So, it, so you might be looking at comps and it may not be the comp comp. I don't know, but uh, so you know what? Let me, I don't think it, I don't think it does. No, see it just, yeah, no, it doesn't. No, so, but that's you looking at your sold. Like if I, I'll look it up real quick. If, uh, well, I'll do it real quick. I know what it is, but so I ended up listing it high knowing exactly, uh, what it, what it, you know, what it was. And so it ended up selling super fast. It sold within, uh, 12, not even 12 hours. I think I want to say it was like, six hours so if you ever have something and there's a great sell through rate and no it doesn't look i'm looking right now oh yeah right interesting so the comps 50 dollars off wow man that this is a game changer i think we need to talk about this in a future episode yeah I, again these are tricky things that ebay's doing like hmm. they, they i mean i don't know it just kind of anyways whatever so look at that new one sold for just twenty dollars more, according to this, or did they? Or did exactly right? Yeah. So, anyways, what I ended up selling, you're probably wondering. So, I sold uh, a Lennox Mistletoe Park Series Department Store Village Treasures. Uh, it's just a, it's just a building, like, and you put batteries in it, and the light turns on. But these are highly collectible. Like, look at all these. Uh, there's one that's a church. There's there's another one uh, that's just a building, uh, and so these sell pretty well. So. Turn thirty dollars into a two hundred thirty dollars sale plus shipping, or if you look up comps, two hundred and eighty dollars. Yep, that's good. So, I thank everyone for sharing uh, your hustle of the week. Yeah. And hey, here's another thing that you know we always like to talk about, and it's the fact that we use Skull Shaver, and it helps keep our domes nice and smooth. Yeah, I love my Skull Shaver. Um, I'll tell you what, without getting too sentimental and, and sappy, uh, the time, yeah, maybe sentimental is not the right, but the time that I, uh, I spent having to go back and forth to the hospital, my son was in the NICU, mm. all the recent, like everything, like, my whole life was like turned upside down, but it was nice because I could still do the skull shaver thing like in the car or just like really quick and just having something, a tool like that in your arsenal, um, it, it, it saves you headache and time in a lot of different ways. So like if you're getting up in the morning, you're about to go to some garage sales or do some 
some some thrifting or local deal and you want to look your best and you've got a, a bald, beautiful dome like we do, something like Skull Shaver is it's going to save you time. And in our business and reselling, time is money. And so anything like that, that's going to take a little bit of stress away and save you some time, totally worth it. We love our Skull Shavers a ton. Yeah. So go to the link below and use our code Pure Hustle and you'll get that 15% off. No, yeah. no, no. Sorry. That's right. It's a reseller genie. Uh, 10%. Uh, you get some kind of discount. You get a discount. <laughs> so uh, yeah, this is not I'm, false advertising. You no. will get whatever discount they give you, yes, um, but you, it helps us out. So. It says in the description what it is. All right. Hey, um, so let's talk about some different tips to negotiate here. Yeah, this is the good stuff. This is the juicy stuff. All right. Now, this is kind of an interesting one. Only share comps when you have to. And what, what I mean by this. So sometimes you have something that's valuable and it's at a garage sale. And you know you can make good money on it, but they have some crazy price on it, right? Maybe because they have sentimental value. Maybe because somebody told them. Maybe they looked up, you know, how things, how much things were selling for. Yeah, a lot of times they'll look on eBay and they'll say like, "There's these listed for X amount." Correct, correct. So what you can do is you can actually share them, share with them comps, sold comps. Yep. Right, share with them sold comps and go, "Hey, listen, I know you got a price at this. This is what they're selling for." And sometimes you may get lucky when you go to most recent, there might be some seller that sold it for super cheap. Yep. And it works to your advantage. Not always the case. Uh, and you can say, hey, listen, this is what they're selling for. I'm a reseller. You know, I still have to take pictures. I would have to list. And, and you got to read the room, right? Some people will be like, I don't care what you have to do. Like, this is what I'm selling it for. But you may get some people that you share them comps and you're like, hey, listen, I have to list it. I have to pack it. I have to ship it. There's fees. So. Honestly, the, the price that's profitable for me would have to be this. And it works sometimes. I've had it before where people had things priced super high and I showed them comps and they're like, you know what? You know, that's fair. Yeah, that's fine. I'll sell it to you at this price. Yeah, yeah. it brings them back down to reality, too, because, yeah, I've had times where, you know, I'm going to buy a, a gaming system or a game or something they're like, you know, I know those, I'm pretty sure they'll sell for a lot on eBay. I, I They'll sell for uh, I, I looked it up before we had the garage sale and it sold. And then, yeah, once you show them the comps, then they. You're showing them reality. Like, yeah, people have them listed. For, this is what they actually sell for. It brings some some perspective because if somebody thinks they've got a $200 item, but it's really only a $50 item, then then their thought of like, fine, I'll sell it for 20 bucks is more realistic. Whereas if they think they have a $200 item, they're not going to sell it to you for 10, 20 bucks because they think it's worth 200 bucks. So it just, it just is a little splash of reality for them. And, and then sharing your reseller and the whole process works too. And a lot of times the next one is you want to detach the the buyer from the item and specifically in, in a, a specific way. So that was redundant. Um, so in negotiating, the person who cares the least wins in that if you're like super like, I've got to buy this item, I have to get this. I can't live without this item in my inventory. They're going to have a lot of power over you when it comes to negotiation. They, they don't have to go down very far before you're willing to take the offer. But the other end of the spectrum is if they care to kind of keep the item more than they care to sell it, you're in a bad place. Mm -hmm. If somebody's like trying to sell their, their roller derby skates that are unopened, but they were going to get into roller derby and they used to roller derby when they were in high school and it's got some value to them. And they're like not really wanting to let it go. That's happened to you, right? Where it's like mm -hmm. people are like, and eh, you know, I'll sell it for this. And it's not just not a good deal for you. Uh, you really want to detach them from the, that value of the item and kind of just make them see like, do you really want to get rid of this? Like, are you, are you hoping to sell this today? Um, are you, this might one, uh, one that Orlando kind of taught me that I've used too. And it, it's very valuable is, wow, this must mean a lot to you. 
Um, and something like that, what it does is it kind of makes something like, oh, well, I mean, not really. Um, and then you can do things, little things like, hey, think about it. You'll never have to see this item again. Or, um, you know, especially if it's like a big clunky item and and it's a, I, I've bought like an oven before, like a cookie oven and little things like, yeah, you won't even have to worry about taking this back into your garage after this is over and, and little things like that. Like w- once they kind of see like, okay, this can be gone. And then once you have a price too, like sometimes when you give that price, then that in the back of their mind, they're thinking I could have this item that is really just going to sit on the shelf and I'm going to have to carry it back into the garage and store it and look at it. And my wife's going to be mad or my husband's going to be mad or I could have 20 bucks and they already have that number, then they start to detach because now they have a, a, a proposition, $20 or this item. So things like that, even if you have to give the first number, which we hate to do, but sometimes if they're not really willing to let an item go, sometimes giving them an alternative to, hey, you've got this thing, you could have this other thing, it's called money, right? Those kinds of detachments um, make them say like, no, it's actually, I'm not that sentimental about it or, once you can detach them from the item, then they're going to care more about selling the item than keeping it, which means you have kind of the power play in the negotiation. Yeah. And you got to read the room. A new line I've been using lately is seems you're really attached to this item. And so you get two reactions. The one will be like, oh, yeah, I, I really don't want to sell that item, but I will for the right price. And so you, you hear you go, oh, so what would be the right price be? And they'll tell you some obnoxious item, uh, item a number. And you'll go, you know, I OK, I understand. You know, maybe you probably you shouldn't put it out here, you know, and I'll be real frank with them or they'll say they'll get, you know, it'll it'll kind of throw them off and they'll say, what? Uh, <laughs> I don't I don't really care for that much for that item. I'm like, oh, I thought you were because the price is kind of a little on the high side. And they're like, oh, really? What? So what are you thinking on it? And then you start a negotiation process. So, yes, you want to separate people from that item. And this one is is pretty popular just because of all the shows that were on History Channel and so on. But you want to bundle. You don't want to do onesies or twosies on things. You don't want to, you know, <laughs> how much for this item? How much for this item? How much for this item? What you want to do is, if possible, get as much of the items you're looking to buy and put them all together. And I always say, get one item that you're kind of thinking of getting, but you really don't want, but it's on the higher end and you throw that in the bundle. And when you start negotiating and you know, the price is not where you want it, you remove that higher price item you weren't really wanting, but maybe, and then you can get a a really low deal on something. So make sure that you're bundling to get your best deal. Yeah. Bundling is great. Um, this is one of the most powerful things is, is not giving the first number. Um, this is a, a super important. And even though in this episode, I think already twice we've talked about times when you might have to, it's not always avoidable. However, if you can avoid giving a number for an item, cause you never know, like you can offer, uh, I'll give you a, just a quick example from two update episodes ago. I mentioned that item that I had to do a partial refund on. And I asked them like, what number sounds good to you? And you were, saying like, oh, just refund half of it, right? Because yeah. one of the items broken, one wasn't. They finally got back to me and they only wanted like a 10% refund. Nice. So so by waiting for them to give me the number, if I would have just given them half, they'd have got way more back than they were actually hoping to get back. So by holding off on, on giving that number, you potentially, I've been shocked at times I've thinking like, oh man, I'd totally pay $10 for this. Like that. If I can get this for $10, I'm going to be able to sell it and make a good profit. Like that's the number I'm aiming for. So if they tell me 30, like I'm going to try and get them down to 10. And I let them give me the first number and they tell me five or two 
And it's like, had I have just came in and said 10, I wouldn't have even realized that I lost that potential. So one of the things that new resellers might be uncomfortable with, and you want to be uncomfortable with this because it's very useful, is the silence. If if they try and get you to do the first number thing, they're like, well, I don't know how much, how much, how much will you give me for it? How much do you think it's worth? Then just say, yeah, um, I don't know. Uh, you, you don't have a, you don't have a price on it. And then let that sit and sit in quiet because people want to fill the void, especially if a conversation is happening. If you're just looking, perusing at things and they're look, they're, they're not talking to you. It's not awkward silence, but the moment a conversation has started and you're in a halfway point, how much for this? I don't know. Give me a number. Do you want to re role play this? No, again? we've already role played it. Come once. on, it'll be fun. No, so it, how much for those pit vipers, Mike? Well, what are you thinking on those? I'm the negotiator, though. You're the negotiator. Yeah, you're the seller. You have the pit vipers. I want them. Oh, you want the pit vipers? How much for those pit vipers? What are you thinking on those? Uh, okay, these pit. Vipers, I don't know. I mean, I think they're pretty valuable. What 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 do you want to What do you want to do? <sighs> I mean, they are, they're, they're pretty nice. I mean, they're used. I don't know. What are you thinking? I mean, would you do, would you do 10? I mean, cause that wasn't even that long of a silence, but like just a little bit of awkward silence of like, they, they want to say something, something has to be said. You don't need to say anything. Yeah. Though, so right? so That's drag it, drag it out. You don't even have to say anything, drag it out. And people want to fill that void <laughs> with saying something. So even if they're like, they might start asking other questions. You can respond to their question if you want to. I mean, obviously don't like just completely ignore them, but the longer you can go without saying a number, they're eventually going to throw a number out. I will not, go 30 seconds to a minute. Yeah. Just not saying anything. Now, the only time that really doesn't work is in if all of a sudden other people are asking them price on things and they go off and they're distracted. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Again, forgotten. read the room, but right. yeah. So, but, but it's a very powerful tool. So definitely um, don't, don't be afraid to do the awkward silence because when they give you a number that gives you a starting point, it's, it's your anchor. And so the only time that you should, uh, and it's not on our list, but the only time that you should, um, if you have to give the first number is anchor low and give them a range. So like this is like a bonus tip for you here. But if you're thinking, Hey, I would pay up to $10 for this. then you could say like, I don't know, I was thinking like five to maybe $10. And then now they hear two numbers mm -hmm. and they'll eat. Oh yeah, 10 and it'll take 10 because that's the higher of the two numbers um, because you give like a low anchor to kind of offset that. So there are things you can do if you have to give the first number, but at all costs, avoid it if you can. Yeah, and I will tell you in real life experience, I've had that 30 second to a minute silence and I've had things drop from $50 all the way to down like 25 because at, even if they give a number, even if I was like, how about, how about 60 bucks for these? And you're just like, ah. and then you do another about 30 seconds of silence, kind of thinking about it and maybe looking at some other stuff and looking back at the glasses, eventually they're going to be like, okay, well, well, how about 30? Yeah. And they'll, they'll drop the number without it's you crazy. saying a word. It's Even if you're just like, uh, I don't know. And then silence again. It, it's, I, I can't even explain how it works. It just works. It works. It's so wild. It's science. It's a scientific fact. <laughs> it is. All right. And, and this next one, uh, don't be afraid to be real with your numbers. And what I mean, if somebody asks you, what are you willing to pay for something? Tell them. Like if, if, if it's something that you were only willing to pay two bucks for. And again, this is after, you know, you've gone around and no one's given a number and you're getting to a place where it's time to, you know, get a close deal. Just say, you know what? I gotta be at $2. And then you'll know now that that's only if after the awkward silence, 
after waiting for the first number and you're not landing anywhere. You just got to be real with it. Now, sometimes you may have done all that and you're still negotiating and you just got to get to a place where you got to be real with the person and just go, listen, I know we've been going round and round about this, but it has to be profitable for me. And this is the number I'm going to have to be at. And I've had people go, you know what? Whatever. That's fine. And and they'll just go with it. That's good. Um, and then our last one here, and I think this one is probably, um, it, it's an overlooked thing, but you want to start and end your negotiations with a smile. Like the moment you walk up to the garage sale, uh, you, you want to be pleasant. You want to be in a good mood. Uh, we've talked about kind of making those human to human connections with people, even if it's something simple like, man, it's cold, cold this morning. Huh? Look, I'm glad you got your coffee. I need to, I need to get some after this, after this sale for sure. And like little things like that, you make connection with people, um, start with a smile. How you doing this morning? Have you guys had a lot of, uh, sales already a little bit of interaction back and forth, but then when you're negotiating, this isn't, even though it is, it's two people coming together, trying to figure out a price. And so there's can be some tension involved. You don't want it to be like, I'm your enemy. And I'm coming in here and I'm like, um, well, I mean, this looks pretty bad. I mean, this is basically junk. How about $5? I mean, that's not how you want to do a negotiation. You want to be friendly. You want to be polite. And here's the other thing too, that people don't oftentimes realize, especially people who maybe they're so business focused, or maybe they just don't have very good uh, emotional um, Intelligence. intelligence. They don't have that EQ is people are going to mirror even something simple. Like if you seem like you're in a hurry, if you're running around, you're looking at things, how much for this, how much they're going to sense anxiety. Cause you're thinking I've got to get to that next garage sale. And if I spend too long here, that other seller who I've been racing all morning is going to get there first. If they sense tension from you, they, even without realizing it, they're going to have some tension and they're going to be trying to quickly come up with numbers. Like, well, I don't know. Like, I mean, I guess I could sell that for this. And and then now you've got tension versus tension. Whereas if you are, um, if you're keeping it uh, very calm, you're slow, not too slow, but you don't show them that I'm in a hurry. Like, yeah, what do you think for this? And you're just, then they're going to be more relaxed. They're going to mirror that relaxed emotion. Mm-hmm. So that's what you want. And I always remember you may have negotiated a good deal, but if if people are upset with you or you walk away in a negative attitude, you may have burned the bridge to a potential other buyout. I can't tell you how many times, you know, I've been that 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 guy that they they reached out and they're like, hey, you know what? You were good to us. You, you know, we really appreciated your energy. Uh, we have some other stuff we want to sell, right? Because I always leave my business card if it, it's, you know, something that may lead to a future sale. But I've even had it where I've come back to the same place for a garage sale, maybe a year later. And this is one of the reasons I keep my, my, my beard. Uh, it's because people remember me. Yeah. Recognition. Right. And so you always want to end the good note because you never know when you may have to make another negotiation. It's good. So hopefully all these tips helped you out. Hopefully you are able to get some score of the garage shows. And I know some of you are like, ah, it's kind of cold right now. We're not having them yet, but soon it's coming. It, it's coming. It's going to be garage sale season. And so go out there, negotiate, negotiate, negotiate. And with that being said, make sure to be real, be relevant and be reselling. Lates. Peace.